Hey everyone, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast. My name is Heidi St. John and I'm gonna join you today right here at the intersection of faith and culture. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. Well, I'm glad you guys are here today and I hope you've had a fantastic beginning of your week. I'm still sort of reveling in what God did for the time that Jay and I were in Southern California. Uh, stay tuned because I'm going to do a little bit of work for Prager University. I did something for Prager U Kids called How Not to Raise a Leftist. And I had a lot of fun doing that with my friend, Jill Simone. And if you guys haven't checked out the work that Prager University is doing, I'd encourage you to do it. They are doing an extraordinary job of educating, as Thomas Jefferson called them, the rising generation, helping parents give their children access to all kinds of things that they need. So in other words, the history of the country, we're talking about economics, talking about racism in the, in the country, and really doing a good job, I think, of bringing truth to light for a generation that is desperately in need of it. I also had a great time speaking for Chia and uh, love what God is doing down there. I'm going to keep telling you guys that it's important for you to join your state organization. If you've never joined the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, it's a wonderful organization that you can become a part of. And these people, people like HSLDA and your state organization, really at the front lines of making sure that your freedoms are safeguarded. In other words, they're going to protect against whatever might be coming down the pike with, that might threaten your ability to homeschool. And some of the questions that I got this last weekend were specifically related to homeschool freedom. A lot of people asking if I thought that our homeschool freedoms would be challenged. And the short answer is yes, of course they will be challenged. But I think the greater threat and the most important thing that we need to remember right now in the current political climate is is the issue of parental rights. And it's parental rights, Mike Ferris so rightly pointed out, you know, over a decade ago, this is going to be the fight of our generation. And I think that that's absolutely true. Today, I want to talk a little bit about what it means to find refuge in the Lord. What does it mean to, to seek after him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength? I taught a little bit on Deuteronomy chapter six when I was teaching in Downey, California this past weekend, noting that when Moses was giving the Israelites the book of the law, he instructs them at the very beginning of Deuteronomy 6 and says, listen, these words of the law shall be on your heart. In other words, they're for you to pass on to your children. He then goes on to say the verse that we are so familiar with. You teach the law to your children. You teach the precepts of God when you rise up and when you lie down, when you walk along the road. It's so important for us as parents and as the grownups in the room to do the work of a disciple so that our children can walk in right relationship with the Lord. You can't pass on what you don't possess. And we've seen, and you guys have seen this too in recent years, how easy it is to become a slave to the spirit of fear. And yet Paul told Timothy, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, Timothy, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And we have watched as the culture has moved away from God. And I said this a couple of days ago, when, when uh, Christians disengage, when the light removes itself, evil will always fill the vacuum. And when the Bible teaches us that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, that it literally is the thing that gives us access to 
power, love, and a sound mind, when we allow that spirit of fear to take over our hearts and our minds, then it makes sense that we lose the power, the love, and the soundness of mind. And I read an article, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today. I don't actually like Christianity Today magazine every once in a while. You know, I'll check it out online just to see what's going on on the free version. But Christianity Today, by all measures, is a very woke, very, you know, they have an article. My goodness, you guys, I should try to find it. Eh, I already closed it. They have an article in there about, you know, how how hard it is to not find a toxic male. <laughs> well, you know, I was like, I think it's hard not to find a toxic Christian newspaper, a toxic Christian magazine. That's what I think is hard not to find. It's not hard to find a non-toxic Christian male, because if you're following Jesus, the last thing you are is full of toxicity. You're full of the love and the care of Jesus Christ. But as I was reading this article and I, I had to sort of, well, I try not to do it out loud, you know, too much, but the, the headline caught my attention and the headline read, evangelicals rejoice at the church of England's fossil fuel divestment. So now the church of, you know, uh, they're trying to get the church to divest from anything related to fossil fuels because the sky is falling because climate change. And listen to the opener of this article that was just published July 13th, this article at Christianity Today. It starts out sometimes late at night when her kids have gone to bed. Uh, Eleanor Geston or Getson is doing the dishes. And she's hit with an almost crippling fear. Glaciers melting, islands of plastic in the Pacific Ocean, forest fires wiping out a millennia of history, said Getson, a 40-year-old evangelical living in Bradford, England with her husband and two boys. I can't stop scrolling through stories about climate change. It's too much to think about. And I get this anxiety about what my children will suffer because of us. Now, I'm going to stop right there because apparently. This 40-year-old mother of two, Eleanor, who claims to be a believer, doesn't understand much about the care and the refuge of God. Psalm 32, verse 7 says, you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Uh, That doesn't sound to me like David, who had every reason to be afraid, right? People trying to kill this guy constantly. He sounds like he understands where his help comes from and whether or not he is going to live to see tomorrow is based on what God says has already been ordained for him before a single breath was ever breathed out of his lungs. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. God is truly a place of refuge. He promises to comfort those who turn to him. And because of that, we can have hope and we can be filled with joy. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, right? Talking to the people of Israel, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God's heart is for you. Jesus said in John chapter 10, starting in verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hands. And so when I read articles uh, in places like Christianity Today 
and someone is crying about, you know, glaciers melting, islands of the Pacific Ocean uh, are filled with plastic, forest fires are wiping out millennia worth of history, and she can't stop scrolling and she's all freaked out. I just want to go, boy, you need to spend some time with the Lord, the lover of your soul, the one who created you, the one who said that nothing is going to happen to you that's outside of the purview of the Lord, the jurisdiction of God, as he has uh, control over what happens to us. He said to them in Matthew chapter eight, starting in verse 27, why are you afraid? O you of little faith. He rose and rebuked the winds of the sea and there was great calm. And the men marveled saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jesus, of course, rebuking the disciples, even though out on the Sea of Galilee and there arose a tremendous storm and they were afraid and they had every right to be afraid, right? Thinking what might happen to them if Jesus loses control of the ship and what was the son of God doing in the, uh, in the ship? What was he doing on that ship at that moment? He was sleeping. He was sleeping. He's not afraid. He's not afraid of the wind and the rain. Why? Because he controls the wind and the rain. And the Bible says that we are called to walk out this life in faith, trusting that God has it under control, that he really is a place of refuge. The Bible says he is a strong tower and the righteous can run into it and be safe. And because we can trust his word, this is our future hope. And because we have hope, we can have joy. Many of you will remember the story of Corey Ten Boom. If you've never read The Hiding Place, I would encourage you to do it. But Corey Ten Boom and her family, uh, of course, in the uh, the takeover of Nazi Germany by Adolf Hitler, also took over Holland, where Corey Ten Boom lived with her family. And they began to see what was happening to the Jews. And of course, their heart was breaking for the injustice, right? God's people, by the way, our hearts should always break for injustice, whether it's racial injustice, economic injustice, we should want what is just. Our hearts cry out for what is just. God is just. And so we want that. Micah 6, 8 says, he's shown you, O Lord, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, that you love justice and mercy and you walk humbly with the Lord. Now he's not talking about social justice. We're not talking about the kind of modern day, and I put it in air quotes, justice that we hear about on the evening news from the legacy media. This is the kind of justice that God talks about in his word that brings about righteousness. That's what we're looking for, right? We're looking for righteousness. And as Corey Ten Boom and her family, her father, Casper Ten Boom, her sister was Betsy. I can't remember the name of her brother at the moment, but they saw what was happening to the Jews and they were heartbroken. And so they began to ask the Lord, what would you have me do? What would you, what part would you have me play? You see, God had the Ten Boom family at just the right point in history, at just the right place, at just the right time. God picked them for that particular time in human history. And just like God's picked the Ten Boom family for that time in human history, he's chosen you for where you are right now. And of course, a neighbor turned Corey in. We were, we were talking about this a, a little bit at Chia. I was teaching on the subject and talking about what happened to Corey's family. And a neighbor, of course, tattled on them. A neighbor said, hey, I've seen some weird things happening. I think the Ten Boom family might be hiding the Jews, aka saving the lives of the Jews. And so, of course, uh, the, the SS came to their house and arrested them and they were sent to a concentration camp. And Corey's entire family, with one exception, and that was Corey, 
died at the hands of the Nazis in a, in a Nazi concentration camp. And she details what it was like to live in a lice infested barrack that they were freezing cold in the wintertime. They had very little food to eat. There was disease everywhere. And her sister, Betsy, eventually succumbed to illness that was brought on because of the way that they were treated in that Nazi concentration camp. And as she lay dying, Corey got to visit her sister, Betsy, and Betsy could see that Corey was angry. And she had every right to be angry. They had done the right thing. They had done what God asked them to do. And here they were suffering for what they knew was right. But the question was not whether or not they should do the thing. The question was, what does God want me to do? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are you in the market for a new mattress? Well, you can get the best sleep you've ever had with the MyPillow two-sided coil quilted mattress. My husband and I tried it out last year for the first time, and I am here to tell you it has been my favorite mattress that we have ever owned. This mattress comes with a 10-year warranty and a six-month money-back guarantee, so you don't have anything to lose. Better than that, you can get a massive discount right now by going to the radio listener special page at MyPillow.com and using the promo code Heidi. That's H-E-I-D-I. Or call 1-800-447-0541. I want to thank you guys so much for supporting MyPillow. Your support of MyPillow not only helps an American company, but it also supports this podcast. And so they believed that God would have them risk their lives to save the lives of their fellow human beings who were being so terribly maligned and persecuted and murdered by the uh, by Hitler's forces, which was just incredible evil. And as Betsy's lying there dying, she sees that Corey is angry. And she reminds Corey that anger is not the answer. She says to her, Corey, there's no pit that's so deep that God's love isn't deeper still. And she reminded her that joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Joy is the unmistakable sign, the presence of God at work in our lives. And it's at work in our lives when we're in the deepest, darkest places. It's at work in our lives when we're on a mountaintop experience. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's evidence that we understand that our refuge is not a physical thing. Our refuge is a Jesus thing. Our refuge is Him. We take our hope in him. Psalm 62 verse 8 says, trust in him at all times. Oh, you people, pour out your heart before him for God is a refuge for us. When was the last time that you poured your heart out for our nation? When was the last time that you poured your heart out 
in anguish over what's happening to our schools. You heard me saying yesterday that men cannot have babies. Men cannot chest feed. That's the most ridiculous, evil, vile thing I've ever heard in my life. And yet the Lord of heaven's armies is not asleep. He sees what's happening. And the Bible says that he's a refuge, that his ways are perfect. We're called to follow him. Psalm 18, verse 30, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield to all those who take refuge in him. And you might go, well, he didn't seem like he was much of a shield to the Ten Boom family. They suffered and they died. But you guys, the Bible teaches us over and over again that to live is Christ and to die is gain because we're only here for a little while. We know we're just passing through. It's what allows us to have hope in the midst of an uncertain future. A lot of people asking politically right now, what in the world is, is going on? You know, uh, all of the, uh, the climate change hype, you know, climate change, AKA weather. When I'm growing up, we call it the weather. The weather's changing. Looks like it's going to be a hot summer. Looks like it's going to be cold summer. Several years ago, we had a very chilly summer here in the Pacific Northwest. I hated it, actually. I think it was like maybe eight or nine years ago. And it just seemed like it rained the whole time. It was sort of this like weird sort of 65, 70 degree weather. And, you know, in the summertime around here, we're used to 85, 90 degrees. And, and in the Pacific Northwest, we have very little humidity. We don't really have issues with bugs or anything like that. But the, the weather was throwing everybody for a loop that year. And a couple of years before that, we'd had a pretty crazy cold winter. And a lot of the power went out in the Pacific Northwest and along the Columbia River Gorge. And then two years ago, we had crazy hot weather. And I think it hit an all-time high in the Pacific Northwest of 116 degrees. Crazy stuff. You know what we call that? Weather. And the earth has been cycling through systems of weather. Hot and cold glaciers have been melting and freezing for thousands of years. And yet we see this hysteria right now over the climate. And you're going to hear it more and more and more because people are running for office. You know, what's that? What's that bratty girl's name? That little girl, Greta Thunberg or Thunberg or whatever. Uh, somebody gave her, somebody said that she was, um, I can't remember what the, what the word was they used for her, but basically just inferring that she was some brilliant Einstein. No, she's not. She's a child actor. <laughs> she is. And, uh, and her brains aren't worth the paper her name is printed on because of the things that she says and the way that she does it and the arrogance in which she presents her message. But anytime you pull up the news, you're going to see bad news. Uh, I just pulled up PJ Media just for fun right now, and I'll read the headlines to you. Portland has an apparent serial killer. His accomplice may be the governor. Supreme Court is considering a case that might upend hundreds of January 6th prosecutions. Boy, that would be good. Costco unleashing the Death Star on Bud Light, which that was also really good news. I don't know if you guys saw that, but Bud Light stock continuing just to plummet right into the depths of the sea. People are tired of this garbage and Costco's not going to carry it anymore. You know that because they put the little asterisk next to the uh the price sticker that you see, you know, for those of you who are familiar with Costco, which means they're not going to, when it's gone, it's gone. They're not going to restock it. Uh, Rand Paul calling on the DOJ to probe Fauci for allegedly lying to Congress. What? Father Fauci, the high priest of the branch Covidians lying to people. I can't even, I can't even believe it. Then there's a, an article about the Biden crime family having allegedly over 20 shell companies laundering foreign payments. 
my goodness, President Trump is saying he's going to be indicted again. Uh, Lots and lots of reasons for us to be concerned, to be worried, not the least of which is the the assault against our children. And yet the Bible says, that's not your job. We are called to find our hope in him, to take refuge in him. That is exactly what God calls us to do. We're still going to face trouble, but God promises not relief from the suffering, but peace in the midst of it. Peace in the midst of it. Psalm 27, verse five, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me up on a high rock. Oh, I love this. Psalm 119, you guys know this verse. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Psalm 91, starting in verse one, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. What does it look like, you guys, to dwell in the shelter of the most high? I think it means that we always keep the word of God and the promises of God at the front of our mind. That rather than dwelling in the shadow of the news, dwelling in what's happening around us by virtue of what we see on social media, that we dwell in the shelter of the most high. In other words, we don't allow what's happening in the world uh, via the news or in our even in our families, things that are hard in our families or in our communities to steal our joy. The Bible says we don't do that. When we dwell in the shelter of the Most High, in other words, we're, we're safe in the arms of God. We are remembering his word and his promises to us. Then we abide. That, that word abide, meaning a deep staying, a safety. We abide. There's not fear when you're abiding. You're abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day. Oh, you guys. You can have peace today because God is your refuge. So no matter what happens in the news, no matter what news you get this week, no matter what difficulty you face, the Bible teaches us that God will comfort those who put their hope and their faith in him. It's a promise that you can take to the bank. I had, uh, and I'm gonna come back tomorrow and we'll talk about this a little bit. I'm gonna talk about what it looks like to thrive in family life because I think it's very easy and and certainly uh, I can be you know prone to it myself. It's very easy for us to look at what's happening in the news or to see a headline or you know your kids are you know grumpy and complaining and you just lose sight of why motherhood matters and you start to just lose your joy as a mother or lose your joy as a father. But God's word says that as we walk with Him, we find a life that's abundant. Jesus said that he came to give us not just any old ordinary life, life that's abundant, that we might have life, he said, to the full. So tomorrow I'm gonna talk a little bit about that abundant life and what it looks like. And in the meantime, I hope you guys will open up your Bibles today and study what God says about your life and your family. If you don't know where to start, start in the book of John. You can read uh, John chapter one, open up your Bible to the book of Psalms, Psalm 1. Uh, tells us that the man who trusts in the Lord is like a tree who's firmly planted by streams of water, who yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Psalm 1 is the verse that our nonprofit organization, Firmly Planted Family, is named after because we want to be 
that family that's firmly planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever we do prospers. You guys, the, the promises that God makes for us in his word are extraordinary. And when God says something, God cannot lie. He cannot do something against his character. When God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. He is your refuge. Let him be your strong tower. You guys, I have a brand new book coming out. Mom Strong 365 Everyday Truths for Everyday Moms releases on September 5th. If you pre-order it right now at HeidiStJohn.com, those books will come to you signed when they are released. Also, we see them on sale at Tyndale and also at ChristianBook.com. So if you're interested in finding a great deal, maybe purchasing these 365-day devotionals for your mom's group, I'd encourage you to do it. Also, we have just released a brand new book called Born on a Battlefield, Spiritual Strategies for Moms in the Trenches. It's a great study for your women's Bible study, your mom's group for this fall. And you can find out more about Born on a Battlefield, Spiritual Strategies for Moms in the Trenches by going to HeidiStJohn.com. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.